Hi everyone, this is Brooke Mason, the My Financial host. Today with me I have Mr. Garrett Krebs. Howdy. Ga- Garrett, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Garrett Krebs and first and foremost I am a student at Texas a University. I'm a senior and oh. I am pretty financially illiterate, which I hope is why I'm here today. I hope Get some so. answers. Hopefully you can find some answers for you to yes. make sure that you're more financially stable once you graduate. There's there's a few things I need to know. Uh, there's a lot of things you need to know. <laughs> well, financial stability starts at a very young age, and I know a lot of people don't always hit that nail on the head until they usually hit their 30s or 40s. So if you get ahead of it now, it'll definitely make a big difference for you. That's good. As you get older. You're taking the right step by being here. Absolutely. Awesome. The first step in anything is admitting. Oh, right. You yeah. have to admit that you have I a need. I learned that somewhere once. <laughs> no. Right. As long as you keep coming back, we're okay. Right. All right. So what? where can we get started today? What questions do you have? I mean, the first thing that came to my mind when we talked about talking about financial questions, one that I have, and I'm sure a lot of other people have too, is about credit score. Um, You hear that you need to start working on your credit score, and that's going to be the thing that's going to allow you to get a house and a car in the future. Um, So I guess my first general question that I have a, a sense of, but would like to hear you uh, speak about it is just how to get a good credit score. How do you achieve a a good credit score from starting with nothing? Man, that's definitely a double-edged sword. So um, credit scores are very tricky. Um, We can break them down to help you understand a more simple version of what matters to you. Um, And then later on, we can probably get into like what matters to businesses and creditors and stuff like that. Surely. Um, But most importantly is what you need to know to build that credit, Um, because there's a lot of myths out there of what affects your credit, what doesn't affect your credit, what's reported on your credit, what's not reported on your credit. Um, But the most important thing is going to be history. And so purchase history, account history. Okay. So for each item that's on your account, on, on your credit report, it's considered an account. Okay. So whether that's a loan, a credit card, a past due bill, each one is an account. Okay. And so the longer that account is open, the better off your credit is. Okay. So time's a factor. Time is a huge factor. Okay. And so in order to start with that, which is why people tell you to get credit cards, because credit cards, you can keep them open and they don't close. Mm -hmm. For instance, where a loan will eventually close. And so the most that you'll get out of a loan on average is six to 18 months, um, unless it's a vehicle or a home loan, which would give you longer history. However, even when those are paid off, they stop the history count. Okay. One, you mentioned myths. One thing that I think might be a myth about credit cards and anything is, so let's say hypothetically that I've had a credit card for the past five years and I have never, if I have a $2,000 line of credit each month, I've never really reached the $2,000, but. Which is a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. 
Never reach your limit. Never reach the limit. Even if you pay it off, that could hurt still? Yes. Okay. That is definitely something I did not know. Yes. Okay. So would you recommend if someone's approaching that maximum balance? Because one time, one month in my whole life, I had to call um, and get my line of credit extended for that month by like $200. You know, if it was mm-hmm. 2000 then I needed 2200 that month. Um Paid it off on the first opportunity I got, you know, no late anything payments or anything like that. Just paid the full balance um, that cycle. Did that hurt me? Potentially, yes. Potentially, okay. Um, Because what happens is, is even though you pay it off by the due date, it still shows a reported balance. And so your credit card ever, your credit card account, they report what your monthly payment is, what your outstanding balance is, what your credit limit is, and any high balances. Mm. And so anytime your credit card has hit the highest balance, that's what they report as your high balance. So if you had a $1,900 balance on a $2,000 limit, that's going to show a really high utilization of your limits. Well, so I've also heard that if you never make big purchases, if I just spend $100 on my $2,000 limit every month and pay that $100 off, that's not going to help my credit. It could actually hurt it. Is that true too? That is true too. So what, you got to find a sweet spot? You got to find a sweet spot. I'm telling you, it's like a double-edged sword. Oh my gosh. Like it's 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 a numbers thing, it's a games thing, and it's you've really got to pay attention and know what you're doing. Um, you can't just go in trying to build a credit score. You've really got to pay attention. So... So the reason that that can hurt your credit score is because even if it's just $100, but if you pay that off Mm -hmm. every month, Mm -hmm. it's going to show a zero outstanding balance. And so the importance of that is is you're not showing any history. Right. So although there's history on the credit card statement, there's not history when they're showing what your balance due is at the time of reporting. So with a $2,000 a month limit, what is the perfect month look like in spending you know so out of 2000 so 30% of 2000 which is yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know i need a calculator been watching too much jeopardy lately cuz that's song is what's playing in my head right now yeah so with a $2000 limit mm-hmm. About $600. Is the sweet spot of what I want to spend and pay off in my first chance. What you want to pay off is $595. Really? Yes. Okay, where does that come from? So if you leave, if you only pay five, if you spend $600. Okay. And you pay off $595 of it, it leaves a $5 balance. So it shows a balance on the card. So when the account is reported at the end of the right. billing cycle, which is also complicated because a lot of times people think it's the end of the month and that's not always the case. It's the end of your billing cycle of the credit card, right? which is dependent upon when you open the credit card. Um, so when you spend 600 and only pay off $595, it leaves a balance on there so that it will report to your credit that you're actively using the account. Mm. However, you're only going to pay interest on a very low amount so that you're not paying a whole lot of interest. Okay, last, actually, not last question. I just want to lock this down because I might put this into practice. You're telling me that if I have a $600 balance on a $2,000 limit, I'm supposed to pay off everything but $5 so that it shows that I have history on my credit score. Yes. Then when do I pay off that five? The next cycle? Never. Just leave it unpaid. Yes. How's that going to 
is that not going to affect well, my I mean, standing with the credit card company? It does. So it depends on if you pay that off and don't make any more purchases. I'm going to keep purchasing month after month after month. Right. So you always want to keep a good five. Oh, just leave the five after. Yeah. Every month, always keep a $5 balance. Huh. Because you always want to keep some kind of balance. Okay. Preferably so, the lower, the better. Okay. All right. But not zero. But not zero. <laughs> Got to have a because balance. Because zero shows uh, NA account. Not applicable. Right. Not Not being counted towards well what have i been doing for the last five years probably listening to everybody else oh my goodness all right well so then what's i guess let's move into lending then which is related is that the only benefit of a good credit score no um there's lots of good benefits of a good credit score um especially nowadays because if you once you're done with college, if you try to go rent an apartment, your credit score matters then. Uh, when you're applying for jobs, your credit score matters then. How? Because people want to make sure that what they're paying you is going to be within the amount that you can afford. The employer wants to make sure that what they're paying you... Right. And, to, and, and it also shows responsibility. Right. I so get, if yeah. you've got a low credit score and a lot of delinquent stuff on your credit, you're not going to look like a very irresponsible employee. That's true. So credit scores are extremely important. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're very, they're very, very tricky. So it's something you don't want to take lightly and you always want to have a plan for, um, which is why it's important that if you ever, if anybody's ever at the point where they feel like they need money um, because they don't have enough in their bank account. Pawn shop. Something. something but they should think through their options before go signing up for a credit card or a loan gotcha. or anything of taking out debt because there can be a lot of repercussions um, that can follow you for a really long time gotcha cool and if you want we can go into a little bit more about your credit score or it's a very intricate process i mean that i i just didn't know that i mean do i should i really go practice that yes <laughs> Why is nobody so, telling me this? I, I just, in class today, someone came in from the financial center and gave us kind of a rundown. He didn't go into too much detail, but he did touch on credit score, things like that. And he said, buy big, pay it all off. No. So, so the kicker, the reason that I know this is because I did mortgage loans and I was a mortgage loan originator for a while. Okay. Um, and I dealt with a lot of people who would come in with a 560, 580, no credit score, but of course they're ready to buy a home. You know, they have the down payment, but they don't have the credit history. Mm -hmm. um, and so things like that, we're able to give suggestions. Um, we could never tell them specifically what to do, and we can't guarantee that it'll work. But through the different suggestions that we've offered to people, these are the things that I've suggested before. So what does a, what does a mortgage loan look like? What does that process look like? Very complicated. Yeah? Yes. It's a very in-depth process. Where do I start? Your credit score. <laughs> Well, okay, let's say that I have a good credit score mm -hmm. and a few thousand dollars in savings. and So that would be the next. So after your credit score is in line, the next thing would be your down payment and your savings mm -hmm. um, and making sure, and that's kind of coincided with your debt to income ratio. So making sure that your debts are lower um, because the lower outstanding debts you have, the more of a home or payment you'll be able to afford. So there's there's different types of mortgages right i've heard like fixed you know as a prefix of 
maybe a mortgage or a loan or something like that? Are there other types and yeah, what should I be on the lookout for? That's adjustable good. rate mortgages. Okay. Um, I feel like adjustable rate mortgages are for more of the people who've bought homes before um, and are a little bit more financially savvy mm-hmm. um, because they can be very beneficial. I'm not saying that they're not. However, they're not just for every homeowner. Is to it co-op. riskier? It can be, yes. Okay. Because every three to five years, depending on what the terms of the loan are, your interest rate is up to change. Mm. And so, and there are limits um, and maxes that, you know, once you sign up for the terms, it'll tell you how much your interest rate can change and how often it'll change. What affects the change? Do they... The market. So the market at the time. So you're, so you're running a risk, you know, not knowing what the market is. And that's why, you know, adjustable rate mortgages are definitely for the experienced home buyer and for the people who are a little bit more financially savvy. Okay. What about, uh, what about interest rates? What's the ideal? If I'm looking to go buy a house right now, how do I know I got a good deal? Um, a good loan. Man, there's so much that goes into that as well. A few factors. There's a lots of factors. Um, the biggest thing is, and I think my message that I always want people to know is that they should always shop their mortgage loan originator and their mortgage company mm. um, based off the interest rate and then based off of the fees. Well, because don't they have de- deals with specific realtors? Like, isn't a realtor partnered with a loan? No. They're not partnered, um, but a lot of the times realtors and loan officers build relationships. And so it's easier to do business with somebody that you've had a relationship with Mm. um, when you're trying to get through the transaction because your realtor makes a difference too. If your realtor's not up to par, not up to pace and keeping up with the process of where you're at with the mortgage application, um, it can be very difficult as well. Hmm. So if I want a forty thousand dollar car actually i feel like you didn't answer my other question which kind of relates to this what what interest rate am i looking at how do i know if i got a good deal 2018 today's date well so for today's date um depending on your and this is where there's so many factors well how much you've given down payments a factor right yeah how much how much the loan to value ratio is a two hundred thousand dollar house and i give twenty thousand down and it's a 40 year a 30 year 30 year does year not exist? No. 30 year. year FHA or conventional? FHA. So you've got a lower credit score or first time home buyer? The other one. So you got a higher credit score? Actually, no, first time home buyer. Yeah. Right, so um, even with 20% down, I'd probably still put you in a conventional loan because hopefully your credit scores are applicable. Um, and with that case, you're probably looking at, at four, 4.75, 4.85 as of today. So the other thing with your credit score, so we've talked about time and how long the account is open. The other important thing is making sure you pay your bills on time. Mm. Um, a lot of the times companies will pay, charge you late fees if you're you know, a day late, five days late, or 10 days Talking late. About like credit, the credit card company? Credit card companies, loan companies, whoever. Oh, okay. They charge late payments. However, that doesn't necessarily affect when it's reported to your credit when it starts reporting to your credit is past 30 days. Mm. So anytime you make a payment past 30 days, you get a mark. And then if you make a payment past 60 days, you get a mark. If you make a payment past 90 days, very bad. But And you takes a good year. Wait, what did you say it is that you need to not be in A? Those aren't marks. 
Those are just no, yeah. balance. That's well, that's just null and void. Like you don't you don't get well, a Well no, but but to not be null and void, wasn't there a term you assigned to having something that's you're gonna there? have an outstanding balance. Oh, outstanding balance, okay. And yeah. that's different than a mark, and a mark is bad. Yes. And an outstanding balance a is good. Paint, yes. Okay. Outstanding balance is good. Okay. As long as your minimum payment has been made before the 30 day mark. Hmm. So if you go 30 days, you get a mark, 60 days, bigger mark, 90 days, and even bigger mark. 90 days and you never get in a house. That's not true. It just takes time and yeah. a lot more patience, which is what most people it don't have. It takes a lot of months of a $5 balance. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and never having a late payment again mm. for at least a year before mm. it'll really start to recuperate from that. Um, so is that why people might declare bankruptcy? No. I play, I play a lot of Monopoly, so... Um, people who declare bankruptcy are just totally in over their heads and have been for long periods of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's just easier to consolidate. That's something I don't know much about. Bankruptcy. Yeah. Uh, What is the benefit? Um, that, I mean, the benefit of it is it pretty much wipes away a lot of your debt. Um, you're still responsible for some of it and it's a really long mark. Mm -hmm. Um, and it is a lot more difficult to purchase a home, but that's another myth is that people think that if you file bankruptcy that you can't ever buy a home ever again. Mm. And that's not true. Mm. So depending on when you file bankruptcy, you know, you've got to wait at least four years up to seven years. And depending on what type of loan you're getting after those the time that it's gone by, um, you can still possibly get a bank, uh, get a home loan. That's good to know. So I'm not on the brink, but I would hope not. Yeah. You're still, still really young. Yeah. You got a long way to go. I'm doing good, but hopefully we can teach you a few things so that you don't ever get to that point of wanting to file bankruptcy. Sweet. Yeah. So with your credit scores, it's just important to remember the time is of the essence. So get you a credit card because that's the only thing that can stay open for really long periods of well, time. I've had one for five years, but I might as well not have. After. No, that's still good because although, so the history counts. So how long it's been open okay. counts. So that's still beneficial for no you. balance, like it hasn't. Right. You just doesn't bump your score, especially if you're trying to build your score. It doesn't make an impact that way because well, here's what's crazy is i get a credit score report on my billing statement through discover mm -hmm. which is what i use my credit card on but wouldn't by your theory i have would have never had a credit history well i guess there's other factors right right because you still have like an open account you just don't have a balance on that account okay and so because the thing is is if you go close that credit card you're going to see a drastic drop in your credit score oh really yes that's good to know so to me in my opinion the only the only time to ever consider closing a credit card mm -hmm. is if you're paying an annual fee for it. Mm. So if you're not paying an annual fee for any for your credit card, right. do not close it. Makes sense. Good so, advice. I don't think I am either. I think it's like some student deal where I don't have to pay, right. pay an annual fee. So. And so, and that's where for me, so my very first credit card was, you know, went to AM. Yeah. So it was, of course, through Wells Fargo. Um, it's been opened for quite a while now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it fortunately, and it always will be yeah. because I got it as a student card. Um, it's tr um, changed into different types of cards, mm. but it will always stay no fees. Even if they open up five checking accounts that you didn't request and. Charge you fees for it? Yes. So I'm going to keep that credit card? Because your credit card's a little <laughs> different. Fortunately, I was not a part of that because I don't live in California, but... Mm -hmm. Did it only affect California? Um, it was a I bit, didn't know. It was... Nah, I mean, most of the people were out in California. I mm -hmm. mean, if anybody would like to think that that doesn't happen at any other bank, 
they would be naive to think so. It does. It happens. They it just happens. haven't been caught on a big scale like that. Well, yeah, they just haven't been publicized, like, unfortunately. Is it the way Wells that Fargo bankers is. are incentivized? It absolutely is. Mm. So. Um, what is it, just a commission for getting a new checking account open? Um, every bank does it differently, but of course they assign goals, whether it's monetary goals or specific right. number goals as far as accounts or debit cards or things like that. Um and then they're paid out that way hmm. once they meet the goal. So there's definitely ways to incentivize bankers to get the job done um, because something else that, you know, I'm probably got a soapbox on is completely removing those incentives for the bankers and then the banks are going to start to hurt. Right. Um, because if the bankers aren't selling and this, right. is, this is true to any company, it's not just banking. This is economics. Exactly. Yeah. If you're not selling or you don't have a sales department, you're in trouble. Okay. Another one just popped into my mind. The 401k. It's never too early. to Well, and actually I learned today in class that that is one of like four types of retirement plans that you could choose to do. There's one that's very similar to a 401k and it's for government employees. Mm-hmm. And then there's... Um, like just like a private, I mean, the way I understood it is basically just a savings account that you just put your own money into and right, private investing, right. But you're usually going to pay for though. You're going to pay fees for that. And then there's another one it. that I can't remember because I was half paying attention, but right. yeah. <laughs> um, really, I mean, so there's the there's the four hundred one k, and there's two options with that. You can do four hundred one k where the taxes are not removed from it, or you can do four hundred one Roth where the taxes. Roth are removed at that point and then you can do a private deal um, but with that you're going to pay fees and then the other option is the government option so usually like teachers and professors have their own it's a 403 403 plan okay so in both cases with the 401k and the Roth you pay the taxes at some point in your life right with the 401k, you pay it, you don't pay it now, you hold it off, you delay it, and then when you retire, you pay all the taxes at once from everything you earned? No, not all at once, but as it's dispersed to you. Do you have to pay, okay, so as the total balance is dispersed to you, so you're also going to have to pay taxes on your employer's contribution? No. Right, because don't they match? Like, don't some companies match your 401k? Some companies do, yes. And then hypothetically if they did that then by the time i'm ready to withdraw and i'm getting the payments that's coming from what i put in and what the employer put in am yes. i paying a tax on that total yes amount of money that i'm getting yes that's how they get you yeah. well and so that's where you there's so many options i mean to think through um you know the kicker is is that sometimes you take the risk of will, will the tax rate be different when I go to retire. Right. Um, but then also at your age, you're, you've got a different tax rate. And so... Well, it's will the tax rate be higher? Because right. if it's different, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Because cause that's why you... If it was different and that was always a bad thing, you'd want to do a Roth, which is where you... Go ahead and they take the taxes out they now. They take the taxes out now. And then and then when they pay you out that balance, you, you pay nothing. Right. So does On anyone that, match have. a 401k Roth... Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then so, you pay the taxes on what you got matched to on so the spot? the company doesn't necessarily, like, the company will match up to the percentage that you match. Right. To a maximum per month that's mandated by the federal government, right? Isn't it? What do you mean? 
isn't it, can't you, isn't the most you can contribute to your retirement that can be matched like 15,000 or something like that? 18,500? I don't know the Just exact numbers, but yeah, on an, and not on a monthly basis, but on a yearly basis. Right. Okay. So there, there is a cap on a yearly basis, but I'm not familiar exactly with 18,500. Probably sounds Take about right. Take my word for it. So it, it was ch- 18,000. It got changed. This is, yeah. I remember this. That's good. Yeah. And so, and stuff like that changes, which is another thing as an employer you have to keep up with. So, huh. so we are fortunate with my financial and getting to operate a small business 401k plan for our employees. So Ooh. what's the benefit of that? Yes. Uh, most small businesses don't offer that because there's oh, okay. a lot of time and management that goes into running it and operating it. Um, but it's definitely a benefit to the employees. So Cool. My advice to, to younger people, though, is 401k is probably not my first choice of investment at our age, unless your employer is matching. Hmm. And so, of course, you always want to match whatever your employer is going to match. You want to you want to match that because that's free. Much income. As you can. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's more income that you're getting. So if they match up to six percent, then you should be putting in six percent. However, I wouldn't put over any more than the six percent. So then what? type of retirement plan would you recommend? Uh, I'd choose other investments, um, whether it be the stock market, preferably also real estate. Um, There's just other ways to invest your money at our age to get a bigger return than a 401k plan. Are you risk averse? As I get older, I'm a little more risk adverse. Um, when I first got out of college, I was not. I was like the complete opposite, mm. like take no risks. That's all I could think about while, while he was safe. talking today. I was like... Man, I want to treat this like a casino. That's yeah. what I was thinking. You know, put a little, put twenty percent of my income and savings, and then take ten percent of it and give it away every month. Just right. burn it. Yeah, hoping that it hits some. You know, at or some point, at least donate to a good community cause. Well, for the tax write off. Right. <laughs> you got to be careful with that. That stuff keeps changing that? too. So what? What is? What as do you mean? far as what we can write off and stuff like that. It's not just like any charitable donation or any donation to a nonprofit? It depends. Um, you've got to be careful on what the donation is for um, and how that nonprofit is set up. So especially that's, you know, another word of advice for the younger people. If you are wanting to do a donation for a charitable cause and a tax write-off, I would do your research on the company and make sure that your donation will be a tax write-off. Mm-hmm. I used to do this thing... Um, I don't think I'm a hoarder. If if I if I was a hoarder, it was in my childhood because now I really value like a clean space. But you ever watch those the TV same way, shows? I'm a minimalist. Yeah. You ever watch those uh, TV shows from the 90s where someone would open a locker or closet door and the stuff would like rain on down the on them like that? That's how my closet <laughs> do was. Do you even know what Save by the Bell is? I do, yeah. Okay. Zach Just making sure. and Kelly. Kelly and Slater. Slater and the, the nerdy guy, or was that Screech? Screech. Yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed. You've I, done your homework. Well, here's the thing: is I am a huge Boy Meets World fan, uh, so like everything. Topanga and but, Corey. Yeah, so you would watch it, you know, and it was on ABC Family, and then what would come on after that was Say by the Bell. So did so you I watch Girl Meets on. World? No, I, I watched the first two minutes of the pilot episode and said this isn't this isn't the same anyway back to what i was saying so this actually relates to something the um my closet would get full and 
my dad and I have always had a, you know, good, but kind of business relationship, you know, mm-hmm. it's what we're both passionate about. And, um, he would offer me like 50% of his total savings on any clothes that I donated to Goodwill at the end of the year. So it'd be an incentive for me to bag up all the clothes, go donate them. And then I would, uh, use like one of those computer programs, like the early, earlier versions of being able to track things like that. And then it would estimate how much, yeah, how much you would, um, be able to write off. And then at the end of the season, he'd give me half of whatever he got to write off from my clothes. And I could walk away with like a hundred bucks, you know, 50, hundred bucks, which was huge back kid. then. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It's a big it was deal. Cool. Anyway. That's my experience with charitable charitable <laughs> donations. <laughs> Sounds like your dad taught you a lot at a young age, though. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Um, the good thing is, is most companies are getting better on their donation forms and, you know, writing that out and stating whether it is a, don- a charitable tax write-off or if it's not. Um, but it's just always important to ask. Is there a designation that a certain nonprofit might have that another one might not have that you can tell, I'm not going to be able to write this off? No, because it usually it goes them. to what the funds are going to be used for. So a lot of the times nonprofits collect funds for different things, for different purposes. Right. So the purpose, you've got to, you know, make sure what are your, what are the purpose of your funds going okay. to be utilized for? Huh. Huh. So. And if it's for something charitable, who designates what's charitable? Who designates what's worthy? The government? Yeah. Yeah. And then they've got these compliance officers who go in and audit these things and mm. make sure that everybody's being compliant. Mm. Sounds like a real fun job. Well, hopefully Goodwill clothing donations you can write off. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can. I think all you right. can. Cool. So, all right. Well, do you have any other financial questions for us today that you would <sighs> like to know about? I wish that I could think of another one because it's been great, but... That, that last one popped into my head about the retirement stuff, and that's all I got. So, well, I think we covered a lot today. We did. Um, we'll definitely probably have you back on the show and go into some more depth and kind of see what progress you're making over time. I'd love um, to. But the great thing, unfortunate thing, is personal finances can be a little complicated. Sure. But the great aspect of that is we are here to help make that more simple for everybody and help everybody understand it in their terms and make it more relatable for y'all. So don't forget, if y'all have any questions to let us know, leave us a comment, send us an email, and we look forward to hearing from whatever questions y'all may have. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Garrett, for coming in. Everybody else, I hope y'all make it a great day and we'll talk to y'all soon.